0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your hosts, Jared and James. Today we're talking about FOMO. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we talked about the meta and we're already seeing a shift. I don't know if you've noticed that, James, but I definitely have. And this or week sharp. we're... Yeah. Uh, And this week we are talking about something that this game is designed to make us feel and that is FOMO or the fear of missing out. So a couple nights ago, my wife and I were on a date and I got a notification that Disney Lorkana had sent out a tweet and it's like our policy to not be on our phones while we're on a date. But the whole time, like I just like. Anxious, wondering what it was that they'd sent out. And like in my mind, what I had planned on doing was anytime they sent out uh, an, a tweet from the official Twitter account, I was gonna post that picture with the police officer holding up the picture of Oswald saying, Have you seen this rabbit? And like, I'm missing my opportunity here. Um and uh FOMO right there. I just wanted to use that as a springboard into a prodder, into a broader discussion about the fear of missing out
1: well uh i think fear of missing out i think mainly i mean yours was specific to sending a tweet which not everybody is probably gonna have uh you know a one-to-one with but for most of us it's about getting product having all the cards to build the decks you want uh collecting everything that we want in the set you know any version of that you know most of us are having that issue right now of not being able to find all the product that we want and not being able to build the decks we want, not being able to put together the collection we want, all of that, the fear of missing out and wondering if we're going to get everything or if we're just out of luck. Right.
0: Well, that's exactly what prompted the, this topic as I was on TCGPlayer.com. And shamelessly buying the Hey Hey and Isma uh promo cards because they were like less than ten bucks. I sat there and I just had like a moment of clarity, like an out of body experience where I was just like my spear was out here and it was looking at me like, What are you doing? <laughs> like and but <laughs> but I have this fear because I'm like, I'm just not very good at this game or I don't have a good deck. I didn't have a good deck. I did really good at my locals last week. Yeah, I saw uh, that. I uh like I basically have no hope of winning a promo let alone the pins and I just get this sinking feeling in my stomach like when they first announced the promos I'm like there's no way I'm not going to get these because I'm Mr. Lorcana I'm going to be there I'm going to be good at this game because that's one of my goals and now here I am like they announced the set 2 promos and I'm like I I don't even have like hope of getting the set one promos at this point. So that's when I had that experience where I was like, is this a problem?
1: Right. And I have not had that moment because I know that this is not a problem <laughs> <laughs> where I have to get everything. Um, But yeah, your, your, your situation with those promos, especially is so annoying because the locals should be almost like, too easy to get those if they're doing it the way they're supposed to be doing it, right?
0: That's what I hear. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you read the and and they, this is one thing that we're going to talk about in the news is they made the retailer kits available to read, essentially, and, and what the right. league play should be. And they should be handing out those promos like every week to, to
0: players. So, I stayed for the whole duration of our league night last tuesday and it was the end of the league like their league was set up for six weeks they met two times a week and i was like so are they like handing out promos and everybody's like i don't know so (laughs) i went and talked to the guy and he's like no we don't have we're not handing out any promotional stuff today keep an eye on our socials (laughs) like oh my goodness So how am i supposed to know like i mean i don't anticipate getting anything But maybe I got enough stickers to squeeze out a Mickey Mouse detective card. (laughs) Right. I don't know. But and and the thing is, is this game store is like half hour away. So I don't anticipate going back there once this league is over, even though there's some amazing people there. And I've made really good friends. I probably should. But I don't know. That's
1: that's crazy because I mean I've been to how many shops have I been to now I've been to uh, one two three four more than once and every single one of them I've gotten a promo at oh wow so I think so. I think every single one I've gotten five promos
0: rub it in no
1: I I but I'm saying that's how it should be run I mean they're all doing it like in a couple of different ways, like one of them actually did it as a league where you got points. And at the end of the league, you got prizes. And I was lucky enough to have enough points, even though I didn't go twice a week to get uh, a Mickey promo. And uh, one of the other times uh, he was giving away a promo every week to like the top person or the top three or defend- or something like that, but also giving away one randomly, I think it was to the top person and then one random by like dice roll or something. And another place uh, that we're going to Kingslayer, they're giving away the pins to the top three every single time they do an event, Mm -hmm. and they're giving away the promos randomly by raffle to, you know, random people during the event itself. And uh, another place I go to is doing that same thing. And then another one is giving them away, I think, to the top eight or the top six, depending on how many show or whatever it is. They're giving away once they ran out of product because they were giving away product initially. Now they're giving away promos. So every single one of them is doing something.
0: Yeah. The uh, other place that I've been to, it's called TK Boba's, TK's Boba. Uh, They just do a random raffle during the day, but I've only been able to go there once. So my work schedule changed. I might start going there weekly though. So nice.
1: All right. So we're talking about missing out and that's the fear of missing out is generally, a negative uh, feeling. It's It's got a lot of negativity around it. So uh, let's remind ourselves and everyone that, that our friend Heath from uh, Be Our Guest Lorcano told us, which is make sure that this is a game that brings you joy. So if the fear of missing out is causing you problems, as Jared had that moment of clarity, maybe take a step back and see what is causing you to not have fun in the game and change it. But we are going to what other things that we are miss, fear of missing out on? I mean, is there anything else that uh, we're, we're afraid we're missing out on? I actually realized this last week that I've, after, you know, the initially not feeling like I was getting any product, I realized after that one score of all those troves a couple of weeks ago, and then a few other times where I've been able to get a few packs here and there, I'm 20 cards away from finishing my playset collection. And that, you know, it took a lot of trading and a lot of packs and all of that kind of stuff. And I think I'm like only about 70 cards away from the foil set, which sounds like a lot, but it's not. I mean, it's not really. Um, And I just had to take a second like you did and be like, I I feel like I should be going to Target every day. And I feel like I should be hunting stuff down online. But I realized that I didn't need to. I mean, I can still look but I didn't need to make it like the number one thing I'm doing that day where I'm like, okay, do I need to go to target at lunch and hunt down the stalker, the, the, the vendor who is stalking the, this area and wait in a line with 10 other people. Like I actually did do one day last week and got technically nothing. Um, I made it up there when they, all the packs were gone and there was like a starter deck left. And I'm like, well, it's a ruby emerald. I already have like at least three of every starter deck, and I'm like, so I grabbed it, and I'm like, I turned around, and there were still two people in line who hadn't weren't going to get anything, and I'm like, well, I don't really need it. Do either of you guys need it? And one guy's like, well, I haven't gotten that one yet. And I'm like, well, here you go, and I handed it to him, and he went no. off and bought it, which was you know, it's you know, I, it's either spend money and buy a pack or someone who needs it gets it, right? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, fine. So I was off to the side, and I was like typing something on my phone for a second and another guy walks up and he's like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to repay the favor. And he handed me one of the packs. He was like one of the first people in line and they only got two packs. They were allowed to to, to grab two packs and he gave me one of his packs. And he's like, here you go. I was just paying it forward. And I'm like, wow, that was so nice. So, and it's funny because I ended up actually playing against him at an event at a shop. I went to for the first time. Uh, I played against him during the event, uh, which was pretty cool.
0: I, uh, can totally relate um i actually acquired my last card needed to get four of everything wow uh, at my locals it was a rapunzel nice even still today like i mentioned i started a new job and it's right across the street from a target and a barnes and noble (laughs) and i still went in to look at both locations and like i haven't been able to go out and do the you know, check targets and Barnes and Nobles um, because I'm always stuck at the airport uh, where I used to work. And I just have that feeling like I was missing out. And I don't know. It's crazy.
1: But, but, you know, we have to, like I said, we have to just step back and realize that, you know, we're just, it's, it's the, it's the fun of collecting. It's the chase of opening packs and seeing what you can get. It's the satisfaction of completing a set. Like every time you get something that either finishes a portion, like, you know, I'm done with steel or, you know, I have finished four of everything I need for this particular deck I wanted to build. Every little bit of that feeds that. And you just got to make sure that you're paying attention to that and monitoring it and making sure you're not... Uh, Going overboard.
0: <laughs> I got so desperate to crack packs that I bought a Pokemon Elite Train.
1: Oh, I know box. I saw did you buy a, the one you bought that you got all that
0: awesome stuff in? Yeah, it was
1: a pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, he pack. got some, Jared got some awesome Pokemon stuff, man. <laughs> got two of like the best card in the set. Yeah. Two yep. in one ETB. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: It was anyway. it was a rush. It
1: was I bet. I
0: bet. Okay. So what else are we talking about today? So for today's pod, we did something we've never done before. Um, we actually asked listeners questions on Twitter, and we got a lot of responses. So we're just going to read through. I mean, I don't even know how many there are. There must be like 20 or so questions. Sort
1: like, yeah, 20 to 30 questions.
0: So we're going to do our best to uh, read through these and answer them. And maybe we just like take turns reading okay. questions. Okay, so this one comes from our good friend, Eric Schweitzer. How long do you think you can keep up with the need to collect full play sets for each set? What about promos and pins? And I even responded to him on this one, telling him that story about me buying those promos off TCG Player. I honestly don't know. I'd like to say that set one was the only set that I feel I need to get everything. But as we're getting set two coming out, (laughs) I see all these cards and how amazing they are. I want set two now. And maybe like I'm not dead set on getting the the promo pins, but I definitely want one of each of the promos. So that it's a hard thing to say. I will say this my only other experience with something like this was I played Pokemon Go and that controlled my life for like five years. I had to get every single exclusive, even Pokemon. Like I was always out there playing. Until one day I was just like, why am I doing this? I don't know if that's what it's gonna take for me with Lorcana. <laughs> um, I'd like to think that I can have a healthy relationship with Lorcana for many years to come though.
1: Yeah. And and for me, I mean, I have mentioned it many times where I have this collector personality where I have to get everything. So for me, I'm going to be keep trying. I, I want to collect as much of this as I can. Now, am I gonna get five of everything and a foil set that of uh, like I'm doing for the for the first chapter I don't know I may be okay with getting four of everything you know just getting a play set of everything and just keeping the best one away and only using it if I have to in uh you know maybe the legendaries I'll be like I can only get four but everything else that's easy to get I'll get five um maybe I won't get the foil set every time I don't know uh, I I just think it just matters. To, it just depends on how how much I'm spending, uh, how much you know, how much time it takes out of everything else that I want to do. Um, I definitely want to get the promos and the pins. I think those kinds of things are going to they they help to for me to make me feel like I have the collection complete. So even if in the future, like in in a few years, if I just don't have time to play anymore, I'm probably gonna still want to collect and just get one of everything, just because you know it's a collection i'd like to have a collection and every time they come out with new stuff my collection is now incomplete um so yes it's going to be difficult but i think i can manage it to where i'm not like i mean i was crazy enough thinking maybe i'll get like i'll get like french cards and german cards and all that and i'm like
0: i remember that
1: i'm like no the
0: the french-based movies i'm gonna get cards from france of those ones
1: I I still might get something like that, but it'll be like, if they show up and they're like in front of me and someone makes it easy to get them, I'm not going to go out of my way because it's taking so much effort to go out of my way just to get what I, you know, the basics of finishing a set, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I think that's where I'm at is I will, I think I will be hopefully cognizant enough of what's happening to be able to alter what I'm collecting as it becomes appropriate. And and what the wallet can
0: handle, <laughs> I definitely right. want to get at least one of everything. That's yeah. that's my yeah goal going forward. Like and maybe not that. four of everything, right? Four and everything I want to, to play, play decks, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: That seems like a pretty smart way to go. I mean, if as a collector, if you get one of everything, you're done. You can you can call yourself done if you get one of everything. And then if you're playing, just add some stuff to for the for the decks you want to play. Yeah. All right, so uh, the next question is from the card captain, uh, and he asks, I still have FOMO and still try to look for Lorcan in the wild. I'm pretty sure you'll cover this, but I was just wondering if Ravensburger will print more first chapter cards. That's an easy one to answer because they have announced that they are reprinting the first chapter for quarter one, 2024, which means anywhere from January to March, we should see a flood of chapter one back on the shelves at local game stores, mainly, I think. Um, I think they said booster product is the main thing they're going to do. So they may not be remaking gift sets and troves. We'll have to find out and wait and see what actually happens. But yes, we will be getting more.
0: And don't forget the October restock that's supposedly incoming.
1: Right. Hopefully.
0: (laughs) Okay. Next question comes from Jess having a hard time with the just buy singles mindset that a lot of longtime TCG players seem to be pushing. Sure, for the 10 cent to $12 cards, but when a playset of, say, Rapunzel gifted with healing runs 200 bucks, doesn't make sense to me. Wondering if anyone else is feeling that way. And absolutely, like, I'm one of those people who buys the singles. Like, I was lucky enough to get three boxes, but that's pretty much the extent of my product sealed product that I've opened to this point uh, I have been able to finagle some favorable trades but mostly it's been buying off TCG player and luckily I mean before Lorcana hit the mass market on September 1st the cards were relatively cheap like Rapunzel's were going for 34 bucks at that time and I'm kicking myself for not buying a full place at then But I thought for sure, once the cards came out into the stores that it go down in price, um, I guess this just comes down to how bad you want it and how bad you want it now. Knowing that the reprint is coming in quarter one, you could wait and these prices are going to drop dramatically. I even think with set two coming up, the prices are going to start to drop because people are going to be more interested in the second set than the first one. Um, yeah, that's a tough question. What do you think, James?
1: It is tough. I'm, I'm the opposite. I have not purchased. I've, oh wait, I've purchased a single and that was because I had store credit and they had some cards in stock. So I bought a legendary beast cause it was like six bucks. Um, but that's it because I, I have the fun of opening packs and I wanted to, and I was collecting enough, you know, I was needing enough stuff that. Until just recently, I felt like buying packs would get me, even if I didn't get the things I specifically needed. I would be getting stuff that would be good for trading, and that has worked very well for me because I have been doing some really good trading over the last couple of weeks, which is how I got down to only needing twenty cards in the just in two weeks after I was missing well over a hundred. I think when I haven't even opened up very much product, um, so it it I understand that it makes sense if you're just building a deck that buying a limited amount of sealed product like a starter deck or something to get you started and then just filling it in with singles or building the deck entirely from singles makes sense uh in the that's all i need but i'm also i also understand people who are like i just want to buy a bunch of product to open and then i'll just put it together and i'll have plenty of stuff and i'll just fill in the gaps for building what i need and then i'll finally buy singles um, I understand it all. And it just depends on, like you said, it depends on how you feel like going about it. It's 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 personal preference. It may be overall the using math, uh, you know, the smart thing to do is just to buy singles, but I don't think it would be the smart thing to buy singles if you wanted to do what I was doing, which was getting five of every card, because that would be like twenty five hundred dollars, right?
0: I got four of everything. Yeah. Um
1: but you also had three boxes. I'm just saying, you know, just buying straight singles, it would cost at, at right now at the current prices, it would cost you about $2,500 to get five of everything. Yeah,
0: yeah so. it's tough. I mean, part of it depends too if you live in a place where you can trade or right. if you have the ability to meet up with people to trade. Exactly. I mean, th- that's how I did my hero as well was I'd buy a box or two and then just fill in the rest with singles. For me personally, like, it is fun to open up booster packs, but I don't get that rush or that high that a lot of people talk about. For me, I like knowing that when I buy something on TCG Player, I'm getting that card. Like it's not, right. it's not a lottery, <laughs> which is which fun at the beginning. Bad. But when you get your fifth Beast Wolf Spain, you're like, "Why am I doing this?"
1: Yeah. Well, yes, that. But you know, luckily three of the legendaries I wasn't getting out of the few, I wasn't getting three of them were the cheapest, three cheapest ones. So, I mean, I still need two gun twos, and it's like, well, that's a big deal. It's like a $4 card. I'll get it eventually. Right. Yep. yep. Anyway, so. uh, that's basically it. Yeah. It, it just depends on how you want to go about it. I don't think there, I mean, yeah, you know, like I said, with math, there may be technically the best way, but also uh, with a trading card game, because of the way it's designed, how you get it, uh to make it better for you is the way that's the best way.
0: And I do believe, I'm choosing to believe that once a product is plentiful, say set three, that singles prices will be a lot closer to Pokemon prices than a Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh prices. That's what I'm choosing to believe.
1: Where only the like ultra rare alternate art kind of stuff is the only thing that's really expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you can buy like Rapunzel should only be like a $20 card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next up, uh, this one I think is specifically for you, Jared. It's from uh, Zbex on Twitter. When was the first time someone recognized you in person?
0: See, I don't know if anybody's really recognized me in person because my face is rarely out there. Um, <clears throat> the first time I would say somebody recognized me or us was at Gamma when we were meeting with the, a bunch of the Robinsberger employees They're like, Oh yeah, we listen to your podcast. Like that was the first time that somebody knew me from um, my content, which was really cool. Um, the yeah. first real experience I had where somebody wanted to meet with me specifically because they listened to the podcast was at Gen Con when I had somebody message me through Twitter like, hey, I heard you here. I'm a big fan. I'd love to meet you. And for me, that like that was really cool. So that was probably the first time it was Gamma, but the first time I had somebody specifically want to uh, connect with me was at Gen Con. But you've had people recognize you at your local game stores.
1: Yes, actually, uh, one day, like, someone sat down to play against many and he's like james dan regal are you the guy from the podcast i'm like i am so that was cool
0: see and i think like 90 percent of the people i play with at my locals don't even realize that i do a podcast i i think more of them are starting to know now but i i'm a pretty low-key guy in real life all right. You, would, you would
1: think I would I would not be, but yes, I am not very talkative either in in real life unless I know people. So
0: that is surprising. Like,
1: if I'm sitting there at the at the game store and it's not started yet, I'll be like sitting there by my, myself and not saying anything. And then, like if it's a an event where Eric's going to show up as well, then I'll talk to Eric when he shows up. And anyone who actually comes over is like, "Are you trading?" I'll talk to them. But uh, it it usually I'm, I'm not like out there, you know chatting it up with everybody and talking to them and finding out stuff it's just not like my it's not like my personality so
0: see Zebex, for those of you who don't know is a totally awesome person that does cosplays for magic she also did a lorconic cosplay at gen con where she was dressed up as tinkerbell she's done pokemon and uh so i can understand why people see and recognize her out in public yeah all right next question this comes from anthony He says, How, if at all, will the availability of the second set impact the future of the game? I'll be honest, I don't know if you've recognized this or if you've seen this too in your local scene, but when I first started playing, we had like 32 people coming out. And now it's like 12 to 16. And mostly it's because a lot of people were tired of just playing starter decks with one or two extra boosters. And even still, when I was there this last Tuesday, there were a lot of people who are still just playing with modified starter decks and that would be frustrating for me. Um, so I I I'm a big Lorcana Homer like I want this game to succeed, but I'd also be um, I'd also be putting the blinders on if I didn't say that I've noticed that the lack of product available availability has affected the game and if it continues into set 2 which i think that it will i don't think it'll be until set 3 that we see plentiful product who knows like i think the core will still be there i think there are always like the people who are still playing now i think are going to be in it for the long haul i just hope by the time more product is available like there's something that brings those people back in right
1: yeah i i i, I certainly hope that a lot of people that are seeing it now and then finding out about it now and not being able to find product or going to a store and seeing packs for 15 or $20 and being like, nope, that's not for me. That's not for my buying for my kid. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I hope that there's not too many of those people that don't come back. I hope there's a lot of people who find out about it over time and are able to organically start getting into the game when it's available. So this is the danger period between now and next February. This is the danger period of the game where if product just doesn't make it into enough hands or into enough stores where they then feel like they don't need to support the game because it's not available, then the game could fail. I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. Like you said, there's still people coming out and playing even if they do only have modified starters. And I think those people will continue, um, but it, it it definitely does affect the attitude overall and the general feel of it if there's not a lot of people able to get product, which is why I'm so thankful for the stores who are still giving away like a pack every time you go uh, and sign up or, you know, whatever it may be, where there's still a little bit of product kind of leaking out a little bit at a time to where those people feel like they're actually still able to invest in the game and spend their time and money and actually get something back for it, not just, you know, a promo card and some store credit, which is great. But that pack, you know, that goes along with it, I think is really helpful. So next up from uh, our guest from last week, Ross, uh, Disney Lorkana dad, uh, he asked, if you missed out on set one, should you skip it for now and wait a few sets to go back and buy singles for any still relevant staples? Or should you buy singles for set one now? I think it's pretty obvious right now that you don't really need to buy singles right now um, just because of availability. But starting in quarter one, when that reprint drops, I think that's your time to go because I think there'll be a lot of availability then. And you'll only be one set behind technically if you buy then, because then you just need to go back and buy set two. So maybe
0: start with set two. Well, and I think... If you're talking about relevant staples i mean sure like rapunzel's and bells and elsa's like yeah you could probably hold off on buying those but if you want to get into the game today there are staples like fire the cannons and friends on the other side and smash like you could go buy a lot of those um in fact somebody on twitter uh <laughs> tagged me in this they're like, I bought a bunch of commons and uncommons off of TCG player just to build decks. They live, you know, somewhere that Lorcana isn't being sold, but it's an easy way for them to enjoy it. That doesn't break the bank. So I'd say, I mean, if you want to get a taste of Lorcana, maybe that's what you do is you play Porcana or the popper format and right. just get the cheap singles.
1: There's a couple of things I've seen, which is I was on a random store's website from somewhere else in the country, and they actually were selling for like $6 a 30-card modified, you know, put-together starter deck of commons and uncommons where you could buy a 30-card deck just to learn how to play the game to see if you liked it. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, the shop that we've been going to a few times in the last few weeks, a uh, place called Shuffling Cut, um, they actually will let you borrow a deck To play in their events nice Um, so that there's always if you want to go learn how to play and you don't have any cards yet you can basically rent a deck for the event and see if you like playing the game or not
0: i like that all right next question this comes from matt lally have you experienced fomo with something else on the same level as you are experiencing it with Lorcana? how did you handle it and would you change how you handled it if you could so for me, I already talked about this. It was definitely Pokemon Go. I mean, I was up at four in the morning just about every day, making the rounds, catching my Pokemon, doing raids. <laughs> like I had to have every single event exclusive, like even if it was just a stupid hat on a Charmander, I had to go I had to go out and get it. And I definitely had that FOMO when I couldn't participate in community day or whatever. Or I only got eight shinies on community day instead of 25. And um, how did I handle it? Like I said, it was after about five years of hard, intense playing. I just had this moment of clarity. Like, I'm just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over just with different skins on it. And I just like quit cold turkey. Haven't gone back since. Um, I would like to say that I could have handled that better like i don't know not been so deep into it but that seems to be my personality when i get into something i go in deep yeah and uh i guess the way i can handle it is uh let my wife control the bank account <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that might that might be the way right uh no i am 100 percent a fomo type as a collector when i get into something like you said I I go all in. So like when I didn't start collecting Disney infinity until they added star Wars in the third series. And then it was like, I'm going back and finding everything. And I was like hunting Toys R Us's and websites and ordering stuff like to be, to pick up at like best buys and game stops and everywhere I could, I was hunting these things down that had been out of print now and were sometimes hard to find. And I mean, I was even hunting on Craigslist and like people offering stuff up and like okay, let's go meet at Starbucks so I can give you $5 for this stupid little race car, uh, infinity figure. And, um, I mean, I've, 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 I've known that about myself for a very long time. So the way I do it is the way I handle it is I make sure that I set, you know, limits and parameters on myself, um, to make sure that I don't go way too overboard. Uh, I, you know, As an adult, I have some willpower and self-control, and I have been able to, you know, make sure that I, like, you know, during lockdown, when there was nothing to do, I was like, oh, let's get puzzles, because you can do those at home, and they're fun, and so then I went on puzzle hunts, and now I have, like, hundreds of puzzles sitting in the, in the other room there, stacked up, waiting to be done, because I was just like, oh, let's go get them all, and, um, So I mean, yeah, I do have sometimes go a little, I I do go overboard, but I recognize it. So it's like way back in the day when magic was first starting, uh, uh, like a year or two after that, I noticed, I I knew about it and, um, it was when I had a comic shop and so, so I saw it and I sold it and I'm like, I'm never going to start playing this. I mean, I know that as soon as I start playing this, this will become my life and, it will take everything else over. And therefore I know not to do it um, because that just like with lor I mean, and you're seeing it with me with Lorkana is like, it's, yeah, I'm buying all these things. I'm doing a podcast. I'm, you know, all of this stuff around Lorcanna, it It's just, you know, I'm, I'm more of an adult now than I was when I was, how long ago was that? When I was 20 something, you know, I'm a little bit more mature. I think. <laughs> So, I'm able to handle it a little bit better, and i but I knew back then I was at least you know cognizant enough and and self aware enough to know that if I got into magic that it would have been a pro a problem and an issue, so I just didn't do it. I just sold it <laughs> um so you know that's kind of how you do it. you know, just try and be a little self aware of what's happening and and set limits on yourself um And just try and make sure that it's not something that's causing any problems in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, anything, just in your bank account. Just make sure it's not adversely affecting those things. Next question we have is from Lee Barbs. Which of the Rise of the Floodborne promos is your favorite? So we're going to go over these promos later. But just which one is your favorite?
0: um that's hard to choose because i there are things that i that i like about all of them um but i would have to say i love the uh seven cost cinderella that they revealed so i'm gonna have to go with uh, the cinderella so i'm gonna have to go with the cinderella night and training promo just for the fact that you can shift onto her right two cost i mean the big Cindy doesn't shift until like turn five, so maybe hold on to her until turn three or four, um, just so she doesn't get cleared out. But I, I do like her for that reason. Plus the art. I love the art on that card. They're
1: they're killing it with the
0: art in this set, aren't they? They just, really are. I mean, it's not, it's not like set one was
1: bad. I mean, it's set one was awesome, and it's like, look, let's just keep making everything awesome. So, yes uh i'm gonna you know what i really don't know which one i'm having a problem too picking a favorite um i'm just gonna have to say uh robin hood because that's some pretty epic art right on that one and they all have look like they have really cool abilities or just i don't know they all look awesome
0: okay next question is from zane smith 007 do you want to see disney park cards why are we why not uh, one hundred percent. Yes, I would love to see cards themed around the Disney rides or the characters. Um, in the rides like the, uh, Hatbox Ghost and mm-hmm. um Pirates from the Pirates of the Caribbean. I think that'd be so cool. Um, now yes. if this question is asking, do I want to see like cards you can only get specifically at Disney parks? No, I don't think so, and I don't think that's gonna happen.
1: At least not right away. Maybe, maybe in a few years they'll do something like that when the game is established and they have to find new ways to, uh, you know, uh, jazz up the the fan base a bit. But no, I I also don't want, even though I live so close to to Disneyland, I I, I don't want to see exclusive cards in the parks either. Yeah. Uh, next question, Pirate Steven. Will Disney Lorcana Rise of the Floodborne be the Tickle Me Elmo of this holiday season? Uh, I'm going to say no. What do you think? I have a reason why, but what do you think?
0: So I'm going to say um, context here is, is dependent. Like in the TCG space, yes, Disney Lorcana Rise of the Floodborne will be the Tickle Me Elmo of the holiday season you will not be able to find it anywhere i'm already convinced but if you're talking about toys in general probably not
1: yeah it's tcgs are still not uh you know super mainstream yes there's a lot of money to be made but i don't think that they would hit uh everywhere like cabbage patch kids or tickle me elmo did uh at the times when they and beanie babies you know they were everywhere and i think trading cards probably have a little little ways to go before they are everywhere which lorcana may be the thing that helps get them there
0: yeah i mean and lorcana will definitely be like among the worst examples of product shortages that we've seen probably since covid with all the pokemon cards yeah um it's going to be a hot ticket item so i totally understand what this question was asking,
1: yeah, it's yes, it's going to be impossible to find more so than now because not only do you have the same level of everything as for set one, but then you have the added layer of everyone who joined since the introduction of set one uh in the last month, and all the people who now know that unfortunately there's money to be made by finding it and then reselling it to people who really 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 want it so bad that they're willing to pay anything for it and that's what happens at christmas time when you know when their kids are asking for it and they just have to get it for them for christmas there's your there's your problem so yes that will happen
0: the next question is from riddler man gaming do you think the fomo was artificially created by underproducing the product and not clearly communicating the reprint plan and distribution plan with their fans thus creating an environment enticing scalpers to enter the scene um so i will say this i think this question is implying that there was some malicious intent on behalf of robins um while all, a lot of these things are present that the product was um not clearly like the distribution was not clearly communicated the reprint plan wasn't clearly communicated and all those things like led to that environment but I don't think it was done through ill intent I think it was just like I mean mean, we've talked about this before Robinsberger only had so much capital to print set one and set two like they no matter how long they waited they weren't going to get any more money so they had to make a choice go forward with this we like, wait for, you know, winning the lottery so they could put more money towards it. And they went ahead and printed it because this was going to be how they fueled their engine for the future of the game. Now, I will say this. I wish, I wish, 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 wish that Robinsberger was a lot better at communicating like it has been very frustrating. <laughs> and, and a lot of these times I'm just like, why? Why can't you tell us what conventions you're going to be at? Why can't you tell us about X, Y or Z? Like, I just don't understand it. And I do wish that they were better at that. But uh, no, I don't think there's any ill intent on their part. No.
1: And and as a lot of people have said, you know, over the years with trading cards is that overprinting is almost more of a death knell than underprinting. So, um, you know, things sitting on shelves being unsold really doesn't look good and affects the game possibly more than it not being available and people wanting it. And so, you know, if you combine that with making the decision of where are we going to spend our money, they're going to spend their money on printing set one and set two in a quantity that will hopefully be hopefully close to enough, but obviously was nowhere near enough, but that's just a decision that, you know, is there's only so many metrics they can measure and have and things that they can do to know what that number is without having a product that's already on the shelves that now they have sales to know what kind of things they can do.
0: Finding the Goldilocks zone for any new product is difficult, yeah. let alone something that was going to be this massive.
1: And and we still are unsure because of all of the uh, the people who are reselling and buying just to resell. We still don't know really what the demand is from the people who actually want to play the game and collect the game. Like how many people are getting it from those people at at higher prices? Uh, how much more would they buy if they, had, if they had that much extra capital to spend on it at closer to retail? It's like true. instead of buying 300 or $400 boxes, if they were able to buy $150 boxes, would they be just buying that one box they bought? Or would they be buying two to spend the same $300? Yeah. So we don't know what the actual demand is because of all the variations in pricing. All right. So next up, we have from Mr. S. Do you think it's possible we see a power creep in the second set? If so, what does that mean for the game? Will this game be more of a collection type card game or a game to play type card game? What is the best move for Disney, well Robinsburger, not Disney, to put this card game on the map big time? That's a lot of questions. So Will there be power creep in the second set? Yes. Will it be significant? No. There will be some power creep because every set has to have something new and it may be some kind of power creep where things are a little bit more powerful or there's a new keyword that is a little bit stronger than current keywords. So I think that yes there will be some power creep. So that what does it mean for the game? Just that the game is growing and expanding. I think that's all it really means. What do you thought what are your thoughts about power creep?
0: I mean, I'm not a seasoned enough of a TCG player to really speak to this. I sometimes wonder, because I've seen people on Twitter talk about uh, set to having power creep. And I just wonder if it's more of a perceived power creep because you have things like resist that, uh, you know, is a new ability, but it nullifies a lot of damage dealing cards like grab your swords. Like, is that technically power creep? I don't know. I think maybe it's just a new mechanic that they introduced. So uh, I'm going to defer on this one because I just don't have the experience to really speak to it. Plus, we've only seen, what, less than 20 cards from the set?
1: So there may be new keywords that that, uh,
0: resist, resist, right? I just have heard from um, people that the creators the developers of the game feel like the game is well balanced all the way up through like the set that they're currently working on and if set one is any indication of what they consider balanced to be then i feel i feel comfortable about that
1: yes yeah so but but power creep is there because you know you want the fresh new stuff to be you know, cooler, you know, it's like a a sequel of a movie always has to go a little bit further, but be kind of the same thing, but be a little bit flashier, a little bit more bombastic. So I I just don't think the power creep, even if we do have any power creep, it's not going to be a large amount of power creep that just ruins everything in the second set. I think if you go three years in the future with set 12, and then you compare it to set one, I think the power creep will be much more noticeable. Mm -hmm. but it's going to take a lot of time to get there and there'll be a lot of things happening in between. So I think it's not really going to be an issue. Um, As for the other questions, whether this will be more of a collection type game or a card or a gameplay type card game, honestly, I think it's going to be really close to 50-50 for both. I do too. Because this game is so much fun and everyone that I've been talking to at at the uh, stores uh, when I've been playing, They're all having fun. They're all enjoying building decks and playing the game and figuring things out. And everyone is also really having a lot of fun collecting uh, who is, you know, able to do trades. It's like, it's just been, it's been a really good time doing all this. And I think that there's going to be a lot of collectors who come in this just for the collection aspect. But I think there's going to be a lot of people playing this game as well. What is the best move to put this card game on the map big time? I think it's just simple. Continue what they're doing because... As I mentioned, it's fun and it's collectible. So just get it into people's hands. That's the biggest thing they can do is to get it into people's hands and make sure people know about it.
0: I mean, if I had a magic wand, uh, the person specifically asked, what is the best move for Disney to put this card game on the map big time? Like I know Ravensburger is the one making and producing it, but I think the intention behind this question is Disney has the ability to put this in front of people's faces. Yes. And if I had a magic wand, I would say... Disney would step in and put some money down to print some cards. And because I guarantee if they put enough money towards the problem, they can make it go away. <laughs>
1: they could put a lot of money towards that particular problem. Yes. I think the the thing that if you don't go into the actual production side of it, uh, but just getting the word out, I think Disney could do a lot of stuff by putting it in the parks where it's, everybody sees it. Um, and, uh, putting something on Disney plus, like do that behind the scenes documentary or make, I mean, this may not happen for a while, but when there actually is finally, uh, a actual official Robinsberger tournament where, you know, a big tournament, put it on like good morning America, you know, do us, do a segment on good morning America Do something where they stream it live on the Disney YouTubes or maybe even on Disney Plus like they do for some other things where they're live. Do some things that get it into people's eyeballs to see that there is this game that a lot of people are having a, a good time with and it's collectible. And then, you know, send all those other people who don't know about it yet out to go find it.
0: Yeah. All right, next question. Richard Hudson, what card from chapter one didn't live up to the hype? And second, what card that you thought was a stinker has turned out to be decent. So uh, I'll, let's just answer the first part. The card that I think didn't live up to hype from chapter one pains me to say this because this is my profile picture for a long time, but it's Mickey Brave Little Taylor. He just hasn't seemed to find a home in any of the Ruby decks. And uh, he was such a hyped up card, of course, being the promo from D23. Uh, I mean, and you could point to the cost, but Maleficent, Monstrous Dragon has found a home. It's just, like, it's a great card, but it just hasn't lived up to the hype.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, it is the only four lore card uh, that's out there. So, you know, you'd think that people would... I mean, I've seen it used, and I've used it a few times, but it's not, like, necessary to the deck for, you know... For winning
0: now it's not a card that you really build a deck around right um i don't know i don't know if i really can think of any
1: others that everyone was super super like gung-ho about or or i was where it was like you know i must play that card uh that just like fizzled I, it was i don't know there really wasn't really anything like that i mean so i don't think so
0: And then, as far as the second one, I mean, the one that automatically comes to my mind is Magic Mirror. That card got so much grief when it first came out, yes. But it's actually been a banger of a card.
1: If if we're actually, yeah, I agree with that. That one is definitely uh, changed a lot of games and been very essential. Um, Going back to the other one, one that I think was for me was like the most. I want to know what that card is for hype was when we got the art for Hakuna Matata. Yeah. And we talked about it so much and it just ended up being like, I mean, I use it in my deck but mainly because I want I need a I need a song that's inkable. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that's really the reason it's in there. I think I've used it for healing like in one game once. Um so you know, it's I think that's the one for me that like the art was like, okay, this is awesome. Let's talk about it. What could it be? And then, you know, it comes out and it's like, well, it's it's basically filler. <laughs> um a stink. I think I'll have to agree with you on Magic Mirror being a stinker. Everyone, everyone just was like so down on that card. And yeah. So there we go. All right. Uh next up for the question from Ragnarok the Sun Puncher. Uh this one's for you, Jared. If another Flounder card is introduced, how would you deal with the crisis of trying to decide a favorite?
0: You know, it's like anybody who's a parent will tell you, you can't pick a favorite. You have enough love in your heart for all of your children. And uh, I mean, I'm certain that that's what will happen when the inevitable floodborn Flounder comes into play. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next question from Forty Car to pick up. How much do you think support for Kana events would help get people who don't have product to participate? Also, thoughts on use of proxies. Max eight to ten in events. We've done proxies and it helps a ton. Haven't done Kana yet. So Kana, for those of you who don't know is a type of it's a format of lorekana where you just play with commons and uncommons. So it makes the game really accessible, especially right now where there's just a lot of bulk and not a lot of legendaries. I think it'd be great. Like people, like if you get people to play this game, they enjoy it. Um, as far as proxies, this is a tough one for me because Robinsberger released a a policy guide where they said stores that allow proxies would be in trouble, like potentially even losing their organized play status. So I mean, personally, I think right now in this environment, proxies should be fine. But uh, I could see why stores would want to try to avoid that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think the other thing that proxies do is it it does even the field um, for everyone to be able to play whatever the best decks are. Uh, So I think that's the good part of it. But I think that... uh, I, I don't know. I think it just may rub peep some people the wrong way if there's like actual pricing on the line when proxies are involved. I don't know. It's, it just seems, it seems like it's really loaded with a lot of issues. Um, but if it's just like getting people in to, to learn the game, then yeah, do whatever you can to get people to learn the game uh, and have some fun with it. Porcana, um, or I think some people are trying to call it like Street Rat, I think is another name someone called it the format which is basically just you know cheap decks you know with a bunch of cards that are like none of them worth over a dollar or whatever um i think that those would would also be a very good way to get people in to play the game and be able to walk home like go home with a a deck they spent ten dollars on or something and be able to play whenever they wanted after after the event i think that would be pretty cool uh next up from drew Just decided to get into the game after scratching my head over it since demo events, so you may have already spoken about it in an episode I haven't listened to yet, but what are your thoughts on Dinner Bell specifically? Broken, fair, or unplayable?
0: I'm not going to say this card is broken, but uh, I think this card is definitely above fair. This is going to be a really, really good card, and if I'm playing Ruby, I will be playing this because... It has the potential to be a really powerful draw engine. <laughs> James shrugged his shoulders for those of you who can't see.
1: <laughs> yeah. Again,
0: this goes back to us both being like relatively new at playing TCGs. It's hard for us to evaluate how good we think a card or card won't be. But uh I don't know, just from playing with Ruby if they have some form of card draw, I think it's going to be like this is basically a Rapunzel that stays on the board permanently
1: yeah it's 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 pretty crazy but I mean it can't be broken because there's 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 costs to it so you're gonna have to be playing a deck that I mean like it's not in amber which has the stitch turbo engine that just gets so many cards out and puts so many cards on the board that you can then you know, just continuously every turn be banishing one of your, you know, six or seven characters you have out that, that has one or two damage on it and just continuously be drawing even more cards than you're playing. So, I mean, it's like, is it in a, it's in a color ruby that doesn't have a ton of card draw, right? So it's helping to lessen the need to play something like Amber or uh Amethyst to get you that card draw into the deck.
0: Yeah, so I think that's where we're at. <laughs> Next question comes from Guido Van Hootwinkle, and I'm so sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, I heard you guys mention the Black Cauldron. That would be fun to feature in Lorcana. Agreed. This is one of my favorite Disney movies ever, but what card would you love to see out of it? And what would be a good feature action on that card? I should have spent some time thinking about this, but obviously the one that comes to my mind is the Horned King and some form of uh, what's that? Where you bring them back from the graveyard? Um, mm-hmm. Recursion, some form of recursion on on the Horned King. And considering we already have some
1: recursion, maybe this is where that little bits of power creep come in, where you can actually put them back on the board instead of in your hand. So where he's a more powerful than than Hades. Yeah. Who knows? Something like that. Um, I I have actually not seen, I don't know if I've ever seen this movie all the way through, believe it or not. Uh, it was in that period of time where I wasn't seeing very many movies, but I will be there soon because I am still going through my Disney movie rewatch and I am almost there. Uh, I think it's coming up very soon. Um, so I will let you know who I think so in the future, but I think the horn King, horn King is almost a, like an absolute must because even I know who that is, even though I haven't seen the movie. Next up, we have from Cliff. Do you think the cards that will be reprinted for Chapter 1 have a 1 at the bottom, or do you reckon it'll be 1.2 or the like? Uh, And he says that way it will keep collectors and the players happy. They won't keep this collector and player happy if they do it. (laughs) I'm telling you right now. uh, No, they will not be doing that. They've already said that there will be no difference in the cards on the reprint. Um, So, and... I know that a lot of people think that because in a reprint, it's a reprint. And like when comics do it, there's like, it says second printing on the the page where it gives you all the data, of the information about it, or they do a different cover or they put a little two under the issue number or whatever it may be. There's a signifier that it's a second printing. And I can understand for the collectability of a first printing, that's the case. But this is a card game. I think it's a little bit different. Uh, They used to do limited and unlimited versions like in the the old Star Wars CCG that uh, we both collected at at one point back in the day um, where there was a black border and a white border. And I think that a lot of card companies have gone away from that kind of thing because it just really in the current market with all the resellers and the people who hoard, it just makes it really difficult and really hard for people to actually play the game. Uh, because everyone, even players, will want a, the limited one. I mean, they still will want to f- if they can to get that. So, it no, it it doesn't make players happy that you know there's a limited edition version of it because they'd want to play that with that too. I mean, people want to bling out their decks with the the foils. I mean, you're gonna want the cool stuff no matter what. It's just you know there are some players who don't care for sure, but I don't think it's it's gonna make anybody happy really except for the people who are hoarding and want to make a lot of money on it because they think it'll be worth something. I think those are the only people that would be really happy if there was a difference between the first printing and the second printing.
0: All right, let's see if we can answer these next few rapid-fire here. Next one, Issa, will Orkana ever make it to Latin America? It's so sad to see people playing and not having even a future date of when it will ever get here. Yes, it will make it to Latin America someday. We just don't know when.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's gonna be a worldwide game, so it'll it'll make it it'll everywhere eventually, right? Yep. Okay, from uh Gobach, uh what themes do you want to see in future Lorcona sets? Uh well you mentioned it like in the very like was it the one of the very first podcasts you ever we ever did, you ever did. Uh you mentioned
0: um a Halloween themed set. Yeah, I would love seasonal uh themed yes. cards.
1: Yeah, definitely th- seasonal sets. Um I would like to see decks themed around um types of characters we're getting in the game now like princesses and pirates and things like that. Maybe uh do something like that. Um I don't know what else they could really theme it around because they just have such a wide range of things to do. They it it would be a while before we could really get a theme uh theme, yeah. you know. So, I guess what's happening. Theme pirates
0: <laughs> okay we have more questions from 40 card pickup do you ever bring a deck that's of the same power level as your main deck so that others can play with you no i don't that's something i never okay. thought of until i listened to live laugh flarkana and uh they mentioned that but no i don't i don't
1: either and again i didn't think of it until this question uh i did play against someone who had like a hastily thrown together deck of which is what they managed to scrounge up and I'm like, it would be really fun to not like bring my meta deck against this not meta deck. And, you know, but the, the he he was really actually had no problem with it because he was like, I'm learning so much of gameplay and what things to put in the deck and how things are are happening that, you know, it's okay. I don't mind, you know, not playing a good deck against a very good deck. And so, you know, it wasn't that big. A, it wasn't that big of a deal.
0: All right. This account also asked, do you think more pixel born online events could help? Yeah, of course. Um, Don't have to lab cards that way. How do you think those could be set up? I mean, obviously through discords, it would just be matter of somebody wanting to take that mantle up.
1: Yeah. And of course, it would all be unofficial and not endorsed or anything. Correct. Yeah. Um, Play so, at your own risk. Yeah, exactly. So it would just be, you know, if someone wants to do it, I am sure getting it out there will make it possible. Uh, so uh, I think we've answered a few of these other ones um, about from Sleepy Panda about uh, buy the cards now or wait for quarter one production run. And in general, I think you know quarter one production run is is the way to go. Yep. Um, to find stuff, uh, Dor- Darth Lorcana asked, "What is the best TCG of all time, and why is it Lorcana? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, and because it's Lorcana. There you go. Uh, geeked up gaming tabletop asks the foMO is real, but is it real enough for me to pay the gouging prices? Um well, that's entirely up to you, yeah. And yes, it is it I think that at some point the prices will come down, especially when the reprint happens. So you know, hey, wait if you if you don't like the prices now, some of them are gonna most of them are gonna go down. Some of them may stay high, but we'll wait and see.
0: Yeah, it's the reality of the situation we're in. Nobody likes it except for the scalpers, but uh, it's the reality of where we're at. So it's just a value judgment of if you want the cards bad enough. So our last question comes from Winston Smith. Do you think Robinsberger will meet demand with Floodborne or will it be the first chapter all over again? I personally think it's going to be the first chapter all over again. I think they placed orders for set one and set two probably at the same time. Now that set one has been placed, I think they'll have the money to print set three more widely, but I think set two is going to be more more of the same.
1: I think because they're doing that Disney 100 gift set, that they may print a lot of that to get stuff out there, especially into parks. I think that's going to be, I'm hoping that that's going to be much more widely available than the gift set from this first run. I'm really hoping because... I think that was their thought doing that was getting it into Disney collectors hands and uh, into that sphere. So I really hope that they print that more. So that one maybe, but who knows overall, right. I think it's basically going to be this.
0: <laughs> Let's do some ending segments for the Lurcon have- Lexicon. I'm going to cop out here and say is fear of missing out FOMO. We've been talking about it all day.
1: Yes. There you go. That was easy.
0: All right, let's talk about some cards.
1: New cards. You take the first one.
0: So the first one is a one cost on Emerald, Flynn Rider, Confident Vagabond. He has the Minnie Mouse and Olaf stat line. He's a 113 that quests for one lore. He's a story-born bo- story hero prince. I love a good fan club, but could they at least try to get the nose right. And there's a like five images of Flynn in the background. As many people have noted... There's one of them is his prior card as a wanted poster. And then there's another one in the middle that looks like, who knows, maybe it could be a floodborn version of him.
1: Yeah, that's really what it looks like. Because three of the posters just look like wanted posters with actually wanted printed on the top. But those yeah. two, the one with the card is just all art. So there's another one that's all art. So yeah, it's kind of a clue that I think it's going to be another card. And then uh, next up, we have in Sapphire a two cost, uh, two, three inkable. Uh, Cogsworth Talking Clock Storyborn Ally with the ability, wait a minute your characters with Reckless gain the ability and I said the ability, but it gains in quotes, Exert, gain one lore, and he also uh, has one lore on him this is pretty crazy, right?
0: yeah, I think so
1: so (laughs) if you have some Gastons or Mauis out and there's no one to attack but you put one of him out guess what, they can gain a lore but yeah. this isn't exerting and questing. This is exerting with an ability, gain one lore. So anyone who readies characters and says they can no longer quest, guess what? They can still do this.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Pretty, big And it's deal. just an uncommon card.
1: Yeah. And at two cost.
0: Yeah. Yes. To... Next up, we have Old Man Cogsworth. He's a five cost inkable cogsworth grandfather clock and i just love this card so much Mm -hmm. he's a like i love the art of it so much he has two willpower sorry two strength five willpower he's a floodborne ally he has shift three he has ward and his ability says unwind your other characters gain resist plus one damage dealt to them is reduced by one he quests for two lore but i think this is a card that you probably don't quest with until you're about to win
1: yeah, and remember that based on uh, what they've uh, said, any ability that has the plus means it can be stacked.
0: Fact. Yeah.
1: So if let's say your Cinderella has a plus resist to plus two, and you put down a Cogsworth plus one, she now has resist plus three. Yeah, that's pretty which bonkers. Is crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see what kind of decks people are going to build now with just with these few cards that we see. I mean, and there's so many more cards to come. Uh, we have uh uninkable two cost in emerald called bounce. Uh, action card. It has Tigger and Rue on it, and it says return chosen character of yours to hand to return another chosen character to their player's hand. So it literally is
0: bounce. I love that they, yeah, they named a card after uh, TCG lingo.
1: This is pretty powerful. I mean, there are abilities that you can play on that you can get on play. So you can bounce one of your cards, one of your characters that has some damage on it. You heal the damage and you get their on play ability for the second time. Uh, like you know, Giant Tink or Maleficent Dragon or who knows what else. Yeah, and you can pick any other player's character to return to hand including your own if your opponent doesn't have any characters on field you can return two of yours and get again two more on play abilities out like aladdin you know the cheap aladdin that you know remove one lore or something like that anything so this is pretty crazy
0: yep all right and our last officially revealed card is a three cost steel card. It's the prince. Never gives up. He has one strength, three willpower. Dreamborn, hero, prince. He has bodyguard. He has resist plus one. And he has two lore. This card is going to be annoying at the beginning <laughs> of games to deal with.
1: Yes, he is. Very much so. And of course, it's in steel, which... uh is kind of just fits right in with these with bodyguards and, and, you know, just being, being really a pain in the butt. And I think the art on this is really awesome with all the, the steel based ink uh, theming with square clouds and square bushes and trees. Yeah. Pretty- um, okay. So the other thing, as you said, is they're the officially released now, they technically release these, but we can't see all of them. <laughs> and that is the four promo cards that will be in the, the op kit um we can see most of them but we can't see the stat lines on three of them we can see the cinderella uh which is uh let me see i'm gonna try and find it here where i can see it close up cinderella is a two cost inkable two two Dreamborn hero princess knight and it's cinderella knight in training and her ability have courage when you play this character you may draw a card then choose and discard a card Uh, which is basically uh, the Simba in Steel. That same ability, but for one more cost and with one more attack uh, or strength. Um, Good card, and as you mentioned, shiftable with the new Floodborne Cinderella.
0: Yep. We also have an Emerald two-cost card. Bucky, Squirrel... Squirrel Squeak Tutor. Okay. Squirrel... I'm like squinting at the screen. Uh, he has Ward, His ability squeaks says whenever you play a Floodborne something, each opponent chooses and discards a card. We're assuming. Pretty strong ability to get the opponent to uh, discard um, cards. It's like flame. Yeah.
1: We just have to hope that there's some uh, cards that people want to play that are Floodborns more than the current Emerald Floodborns, right? Because I think that... Uh, I don't think Genie Floodborne is getting a whole lot of use right now. So, you know, hopefully something. Yep. Uh, then we got in Ruby a four cost Minnie Mouse wide eyed diver, Floodborne hero, shift two with evasive and the ability undersea adventure, which we don't, we aren't able to read all of it, but we think all of it says when you play a. Blank second action maybe in a turn. Or item or an I second item and an action. Uh this character gets plus two lore this turn. Which again is gonna be awesome if you can yeah. pull that off. Because it has evasive, you can shift it on turn two. So you can play the the other Ruby uh mini and then play this. and getting some flood out early uh these days. Yeah.
0: You're off to the races. Yep. So the last one is a a two-cost, uninkable Robin Hood. Um capable fighter. Dreamborn hero. His ability is skirmish, exert, deal one damage to you. probably a chosen character or an exerted character. That's the part we just don't know. Right.
1: So the cheap, simple damage without uh having to take damage. Yep. And if you have bodyguards out, he might not take damage for a while. Right.
0: So we also got some pretty cool looking promo pins. There's the green Lorcana logo pin, but more importantly, the character pins.
1: Yeah, we got uh, the one we already knew about, uh, the art at least, um, which was the Winnie the Pooh Honey Wizard, which I am so happy that that's a pin because that's such awesome art. But then we also got the incredible looking Rapunzel pin, uh, where she is hanging, uh, doing some painting it looks like or something.
0: At we the don't great know. Great but... illuminary.
1: Yep. And that's an amber, so we're getting another amber Rapunzel, maybe a floodborn. Uh, but yes, this. I can't wait to to hopefully try for three months to get these pins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> brag brag.
1: Uh we also got another lore counter. Uh, same style looks like the other one, uh, just a different color. Just like the Lorcano logo pin is is green instead of blue. And then we also have what looks like a placard of some kind. Is that just like for the shop to display?
0: Yeah, for the tabletops.
1: Okay. All right. Can I win that?
0: <laughs> so the other thing we had, somebody actually snapped a picture of the side of one of the starter decks at the UK Christmas uh, show. And uh, it's like Bigfoot, any picture or video of Bigfoot, it's blurry as heck. But somebody <laughs> actually was able to look at this and maybe sort of hallucinate what some of these cards are. Definitely, it feels like... uh. You see a couple that look like they could be Madame Mim. We definitely know there's a Madame Mim fox form, but they also show a, potentially a Madame Mim snake form. And they have Merlin as a crab, as a goat, and Merlin shapeshifter. So I think that's going to be an interesting mechanic that they will potentially be introducing. All right, let's uh, wrap the show up. Uh, we are skipping Lorcan and Jeopardy tonight because this episode is gone little longer than normal Um, but if you liked what you heard you can subscribe to us on uh, youtube you can find me on twitter at citizens of Lorcana. you can also follow us on the podcasting platform of your choice and james where can they find you
1: you can find me everywhere at dan regal and you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links for my wife and i for photography and everything like that and thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time